can see when we've been there. Oh, when we, amen. And we sing it with all of our hearts. Ten thousand years. Yes, Lord.
I will set also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. Can you imagine? This is Lucifer saying this. He wants to be like God. Did you ever think in your mind, the devil don't want to be like the devil. He wants to be like God. So you think, well, I, I've got a desire to be like God. So does he. But how do you want to be like God? That's the thing. I will be like the Most High. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell with the sides of the pit. Let me read this to you now from 2 Timothy 1.65. Brother Brown referring to this, and he said, he said he would exalt himself above the Most High. He would ascend above the clouds and the stars. He would sit there like God and would be above the Most High. Now listen to this statement. It's astounding. And he has succeeded in carrying out his threat. He has certainly had a marvelous in carrying out his threats. But now, this is the key. Listen how he's done it. By the people letting him explain away in every age the value of God's promised word to that age. That's what's made him successful. By the people letting him explain away the value of of the promised word to that age. Now, we can dismiss and go back to the motel room. We've had church already, I'll tell you. Can I read this again? You mind if I read this again? He has certainly had a marvelous success in carrying out his threats by the people letting him explain away in every age the value of God's promised word to that age. That's exactly how he's done it in every age. He explained it away. May God bless his word. You may be seated. I want to speak to you tonight from the, this scripture and this quote together entitled, A, a Marvelous Success. The king of this Cosmos delights in perversion, death, sickness, suffering, sorrow, heartaches, pain. What we see going on in our, our nation down in Texas and Louisiana and those places there where those people have suffered so much and the flooding and the deaths and devastation and destruction that's gone on in these people's lives, it's been horrific. We know that. As fellow Americans, we cannot truly be true Americans and not feel for those people, can we not? It's awful. It's absolutely terrible what they went through. And yet, we know that this is only one event of many that has transpired in this earth and are continuously going on. And this is only one aspect of it because in the spiritual sense, 
he's doing more destruction in the spiritual sense than all the flooding, all the hurricanes, all the tornadoes, all those things that are going on. No doubt many of those people in time will be able to rebuild and they'll have other homes and so on. But yet the destruction that Satan is able to accomplish in their souls will absolutely bring their souls to total annihilation. And we think of what kind of a being that this is that would take delight and pleasure out of seeing people suffer. What kind of an enemy do we have? that would actually like to see a baby that would be born with a part of its body missing? What type of a being is it that would love for you to be able to visit the doctor or your wife or one of your children, and the doctor would tell you, I have terrible news for you. You have cancer, you have this and that and the other. What type of a being would it be? that would be able to smile, as it were, and say, that's exactly what I wanted you to hear. What kind of a being is it tonight that is our enemy that enjoys causing church trouble? What kind of an enemy is it that enjoys causing divorce and enjoys uh, causing abortion and all kinds of marital problems? What, what kind of an enemy is it tonight, friend, that we are opposed against that loves to cause such events in people's lives? Where would such a being like this come from? Where would a being like this ever get his existence? And we know that sin is not a creation, but sin is actually a perversion of the original creation of what God uh, designed in, in the beginning. Now, to be able to see such a being, I mean, we think, where would he ever come from in the first place? Well, we know that when God created all things, he created all things well. And we know that Lucifer, in the beginning, he was not actually the devil. He was not actually Satan as we know him today. But he was the bride-covering cherub, and he had a great position before the throne of God. Sin is not a creation. We know that sin actually never started on the earth, but sin actually began in heaven. And it actually began before the earth ever came into existence. And this being that we know tonight as the devil or as Lucifer, the fallen star, he was the original cherubim of God that stopped the angels of God from approaching the throne of God. Ezekiel 28 describes him and says that he was in the very garden of God. And God said that he had set him so and anointed him as the anointed cherub. But here I find it astounding that Brother Branham would take, and it would seem as if so, in a complimentary way, that he would say that Satan had had a marvelous success. And you say, why would a prophet of God ever come and describe what has happened as being successful? How would you ever term such destruction and devastation? Now, most of us here tonight, I dare say there's, there's no one here in this building that would look at what Satan has done and is doing, and if you're really born of the Spirit of God, even if you're just barely saved, none of us would want to do what he has done. We would never want to take anyone to hell. We would never, would we? Is there anybody that you would actually want to see lost? If there is, 
You need to get saved tonight. No matter how much people hate you or despise you, I don't think there's anybody here tonight that you would want to see lost. But yet this being that we are dealing with wants to see everyone lost. His nature is so contrary to that of God that God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But this being's nature is so contrasting to that that he wants absolutely everybody to be lost. He wants them to be sick. He wants them to perish. He wants to bring them to total annihilation and then ultimately to where they will be destroyed. He is the type of being that sets in total contrast to the very plan and economy of God. He's preached against more than any person that's ever lived on the earth. Every time you all have church, he's preached against. Every time Brother Charlie has church and the Walls Brothers here tonight, every other minister and every true minister of God around the world, they blast his hide. They throw him in hell. They call him a liar. They call him a deceiver. They call him every low-down, rotten name that they can think of. Brother Joe, every time you preach, every time you have camp meeting, he's blasted, he's ridiculed, he's preached against, and yet he's the most faithful member every pastor in this building has got. That's right. He comes when you stay home. Whenever you're mad and pouting, the devil still comes. Why? Because he loves to set opposition against the men of God. He loves to set up opposition against the church of the living God. And you think, where would he get such a determination? If your pastor directly referred to you one-tenth of the amount of times that he refers to the devil, some of you wouldn't be here. My, you wouldn't come but three weeks probably, and that'd be the end of your membership in this church. You wouldn't darken the door. You'd go somewhere else and you'd tell every church where you went. Brother Ron looked right at me. He preached at me every service. I'm telling you what. He called me everything you can imagine. I ain't going to a church like that. The devil does. I said the devil does. He knows when these men of God stand up to preach the word. They're going to do everything they can to tear his kingdom down. He knows that they're going to expose him. That He knows that they're going to sing songs against his kingdom. They're going to cast out devils. They're going to lay hands on the sick. They're going to do everything they can in opposition to his kingdom. And yet he shows up every time we knock him down, knock his teeth out, stomp on top of him, tell him he's lost, tell him he's going to hell, and he gets right back up and wipes himself off and says, come on, I'll fight you again. Where does he get such a determination? He can read in the back of the book, just like you and I, and know he loses this battle. He's not only going to lose the battle, he's going to lose the war. Ultimately, he is going to lose. And yet he acts like a winner. We read in the back of the book where we are going to win. And yet we act like a bunch of losers. Praise the Lord. As far as being successful, he has. As far as being able to achieve, achieve a position of Godship in the world, he has. 
being able to affect God's economy, he has. Being able to affect ministry, he has. Affect children of God, he has. He come against every prophet. He's come against every pastor, every evangelist, every teacher, every Sunday school teacher. Come on, church. He's come against every one of you laity. He's lied to you since you've been on this earth. He tells you there ain't no hope for you. He tells you God don't love you. He lies to you like an old lying dog. And yet, I don't know why in the world we believe him. If your preacher lied to you 100 to 1%, as much as the devil lies to you, you'd never come back and hear him. And yet you let that devil lie to you and tell you God don't love you. You let him lie to you and say the pastor don't love you. And they don't need Oh, I wish somebody would preach with me now. Oh, the church don't need you. There ain't no need in you going on. And you will quote the devil. And some of you couldn't quote ten quotes word for word to save your life. And yet you'll quote what the devil told you 25 years ago. And you know every word he said. There's something wrong with this picture tonight. But don't you see what it is? It is his way of success. By explaining away from us the value of the promised word of this day. He's not going to fight you with a message of Noah. He ain't going to fight you with a message of Moses. Come on now, as much as we believe the Bible and we love the Bible and we love reading in the apostolic days, yet for the most part, that's not going to be your greatest battle. Satan is going to try his best to come against the message of this hour right now. And if he can explain away the value of this word that God has given us, we exalt him in our church, in our message, in our lives, and we give him a success. That makes me mad. <laughs> I hope some more of you folks are going to get mad too. Now, I ain't mad at you, and I hope you ain't mad at me. But I am mad at the devil. I'm mad at what I see him do to us. To explain the value of God's promised word away. Notice that Brother Ben says, When the church world would not have the word of God to rule over him, they accepted a murderer of Barabbas. What did this do? It exalted Satan, the God of this evil age, to the place that he's always wanted. Now, he's been patient, and he has been enduring, and he's done with this for thousands and thousands of years. And it's like he would be able to build his kingdom, and God would come in and tear it down. Then he'd build it again in another day. God would send a prophet or a messenger. They would come in and tear it down. And what would he do? Rebuild it again. God would tear it down. But yet, ultimately, it's never completely been annihilated and destroyed. So what does he want to do? He wants to reach the final achievement and become the marvelous success that he's always desired. And that is to be the incarnate God on the earth. He wants to be able to be on the earth and the people of the earth worship him, even though ignorantly doing so, thinking they are worshiping God. Oh, my. 
and he has been able to achieve right up to the final climax. Oh, my. When people are gathering in churches all over the world and they call the name of Jesus, oh, Jesus, we worship you. Yet because they worship him through a creed and through a dogma, he cannot receive that worship. So it is diverted worship and it goes to the devil. But he's so dumb. He is so dumb. He wants worship so bad. He will take worship even though it's offered in the name of Jesus Christ. Didn't Jesus say in Mark 7, How be it in vain do they worship me, teaching for doctrine the commandments of men? Notice what he said now. It has exalted Satan to the God of this evil age to the place he's always wanted. Now listen, Satan is not spoke of, he said, as the God of any other age, but of this age. He wasn't spoke of the God of the age of Noah, or the age of Moses, or the age of Elijah, but this age. Don't miss this now, he says. This is the God, he is the God of this age, worshipped by millions and billions of people, and they don't know it. So every Muslim is worshiping the devil because they're worshiping a God who they call Allah. The Shintus, the Hindus, which the last count I had, over 33 million gods they had, every one of them gods are the devil. And they are worshiping God, whatever the religion is around the world. Now, you'll agree with me on heathenism, won't you? But when it comes right down to it, there are millions of Christians that are worshiping the devil, too. How are they doing, Brother Donnie? Why would you say such a thing? Because God will not receive their worship unless it comes to God's provided way for that day. Now, they go through the same form and the same ritual and the routine, and they feel like they talk about the cross, they talk about the blood, they talk about heaven, they talk about hell. Well, the devil can do that. He was in heaven actually before you ever will be physically. He was there in heaven. He was the one that stood there before the throne of God. That's why he understands religious things. Because he was there, he was God's right-hand man of fellowship. Question answer 59. The devil was God's right-hand man of fellowship. You imagine when God wanted to fellowship with somebody. Before he fell, Lucifer was the one he fellowshiped with. He was the bright angel. Oh, hallelujah. He was right there in the presence of God. He understands music. He understands singing. He understands worship. He understands religion. Oh, my. Brother, sister, he can out-sing us. He can out-preach us. He can out-shout us. But there's one thing we can do that he can't do. We can live right. Amen. We can live right, and we can be born again, and we can repent and get right with God. The devil can't do it. Actually, it is his church that has elevated him to this position. Now, he's done it through direct and indirect means. Now, what's amazing about it is the Methodists don't agree with the Baptists, and the Baptists don't agree with the Presbyterians, and the Presbyterians certainly don't agree with the Pentecostals, and they got the oneness, they don't agree with the twoness, and the twoness don't agree with the threeness. But Satan has indirectly brought all of them under one head that even though they hate one another, they're still all under his headship if they're organization. 
Now, God's the one save the ones out there. You know, we'll, we'll let God do all that sorting through and do all of that. There's only two heads. That's God and the devil. Praise the Lord. Now, what's amazing is most of those would absolutely blast Hinduism. They would blast Hinduism. They would blast Buddhism. They would blast all of that. But the truth of it is, all of them's all on the same side. To belong to an organization is to wear the mark of the beast. Buddhism isn't the mark of the beast. Uh-oh. Now think of it, but who is it that's done it? It is Satan. He has become a marvelous success. Then you've got those that are those that don't even believe in God, agnostics, you've got the infidels, and you've got them and the Baptists will blast their heart. I'll tell you one thing, you're going to hell, you will infidel you, this and that and the other, and yet they fuss and fight and argue back and forth, back and forth, and there's only two heads, God and the devil. And what has it done? It has brought him to the place that he's wanted for all these years, and he has become a success. Let me congratulate you. Hardly. Low down, rotten scumbag. I would like to congratulate you. You are a deceiver of men. You are rotten. You're no good. You're no cat. I would like to congratulate you on your short-lived success. <laughs> I do hope you enjoy your eating. Remember what it's called now, Satan's Eden. So he's been exalted by his church to a position of Godship. And let me ex go ahead and just say, I congratulate you on your success, liar, hypocrite. But let me at the same time congratulate you on your success. And that you, by God's grace, have overcome this liar. By God's grace, you have overcome. He has lied to you. He's deceived you. You were born in sin like I was born in sin and seemed like there was no hope left. But God had your name written in the Lamb's book of life before the foundation of the world. May I say tonight, there is a greater success, and that is the success of the gospel. For greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Notice the prophet said Satan is not called the God of any other age, but this age. It was his ambition to be like God from the very beginning. Satan's ambition to be worshipped. He took two-thirds of the stars of heaven, ascended himself above those stars, and preached. Preached to them and deceived two-thirds of them. Now he is ready with his careful, selected, educated bride, by his own knowledge, painted up in his deceit, oh my goodness, to become the God of this whole world. 
all this work for thousands of years for three and a half year reign. <laughs> Glory to God. And you live for God 40 years, 50 years, 60 years, all these years of preparation, all these years that you've won church seem like a drop in a bucket compared to eternity. He's been fighting all this time. He's been lying. He's been cheating. He's been doing all this stuff. I want you to watch. What, what, what kind of being is this that even when he's held down there in the millennium, Brother Ron, whenever he's held by a chain, not a log chain, but a chain of circumstance, that he has nobody to work through, and yet when he raises up after the millennium is over, he will come up and gather them up against the holy city. You'll be there in glorified bodies. The saints of God and the glorified Lord Jesus, and he will still gather his armies together and come against the holy city. What a determination. What a desire. I say to you tonight, saints, if the devil can have that kind of desire, what kind of desire ought we to have? What kind of determination ought we to have to serve God, to live for Him no matter what comes our way? That we become the discouraged souls. Going to church tonight. Don't feel good. You know what they do? They get up there and jump and holler. Ain't that Reagan guy the one preaching? Lord have mercy. You know how he is. He spits and slobbers and sweats and carries on. Talks so fast you can't understand him. They'll get up there and jump around and just gives you a headache. Well, I'm sorry. That's all you get out of church. It'll either be too hot or too cold. That makes sense. The PA will be either too loud or too soft. The songs will be too fast or too slow. And the devil deals with all that, and they are, you imagine down hell, they said, devil, they got a meeting going on. If that Ron Spencer's you going, he said, I guarantee you, I wouldn't miss it for the world. I'm going to be right there. I know what they're going to preach. They're going to preach against me. They're going to blast me. they got that knothead up there from down in Happy Valley. He's one of the weirdest of all of them. I do know what he's going to do. He's going to run me down. He's going to try to convince the people I'm alive. He's going to tell them not to listen to me. I've got to go up and stand for my reputation. Come on, big boy. Your reputation is you're a deceiver. You're a liar. And you might be a marvelous success, but we are marvelously more successful than you are. Oh, hallelujah! Every now and then I like to torment the devil. One of the ways I like to torment him is this. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear devil. Happy birthday. You say, what are you talking about? Because there was a day he started. <laughs> and there will be a day. When he will cease to exist. But think, friends, tonight, if you have eternal life, you never started on no certain day. You always was a part of God. When there is no more sickness, you will be. When there is no more trouble, you will be. 
one day when there is no more devil, you will be. Prophet said he sets as God in the church, proving that he is God because he's got the people worshiping him. God is the Word, and there's only one God, and that is the Word. And the God of this age has exalted himself above the truth indicated word. Oh, Brother Johnny, I'd never worship the devil. Better be careful. Are you sure? tries to make you doubt God's healing, God's deliverance, God's love for you as an individual. You know how that is? It's when the Word becomes personal. That's when the greatest attack is. Oh, he tries to tell you, yeah, God loves Brother Ron. Oh, sure, God loves Brother Spencer. Yeah, God loves this person, that person, but he don't love you. Oh, sure, God's a healer, but he won't heal you. Now, what are you doing? You're listening to this king of the cosmos. As he's trying to explain away from you the value of God's promised word for this day. Don't you understand why there must be such an attack against this message? There must be a wild, violent attack against this word right before he steps into flesh. Without this message, my friends, we will never take a rapture. I'll tell you one thing, I've got my Bible, and I'm going to go sit under an old oak tree somewhere. I'm going to be saved, and I'll do this and that and that. I don't need nobody to show me the way. Well, I'll tell you one thing, that sure didn't work for the Ethiopian eunuch. He would come down through there in a pretty nice ride of a chariot, had that Bible in his hand. He was reading scriptures of the hour, but he was as blind as a bat. He didn't know which was which. Is the man talking about himself? Is he talking about somebody else? But you know what? A carrier of the seed in his body, Philip, come down with that anointed word, and he began to take from those very scriptures and explain to him what it meant. And what did it do? It illuminated him and identified himself in prophecy. Listen, friend, Malachi 4 is not just Brother Branham. God said, Behold, I send unto you Elijah the prophet. So what's going to be Satan's tactic against most of us? Try to explain away the book of Joshua? The book of Ephesians? Philippians? First second Corinthians? First second Thessalonians? Philemon, Titus, Jude? What? Your message. Oh, you don't need that no more. It don't matter if you dress. It don't matter if you do oh, you, I don't think you have to go to church anymore. I don't think it's even necessary. But just scream. Just stay home and scream. You're too tired. Just kick back in your recliner and drink a cup of tea and eat a little, little bit of ice cream and just relax. While we're out here laboring, come to the house of God. Come on, saints. Don't get quiet on me. Streaming's a great benefit, but I'll tell you one thing, it ain't meant to support laziness of those who stay home from the local assembly. Oh, my. Notice this. He says, this naked, stripped-off bunch of Laodiceans. 
worshiping the God of this world through their ethics and education and shrewdness and prettiness. And then he says, come out of her. But what's he done? As these preachers stand behind the pulpit now, we know there are people that say you can't do this and you can't do that. God doesn't look at the outside. It's what's in the heart. Why, some old barns need a new coat of paint. I agree, but that ain't much to call your wife. Paint your barn, but not your face. <coughs> Praise the Lord. But he's explained away the value of that. And then they go to church looking like him, acting like his kingdom, progressing not in what they do. Oh, Lord Jesus, we worship you. So the praise goes up. It hits the wall of division. Diverted right over. Now, you know, maybe, maybe I'm weird. Okay, maybe I'm strange. But I, I wouldn't want Brother Ron to preach a great, powerful sermon here Sunday, and then you come up to me after church and say, Brother Donnie, I enjoyed that sermon you preached here at our church Sunday. I said, I wasn't at church Oh, no, I really enjoyed it. I mean, it was so good. You, you've done a great job. I said, no, no, Brother Sister, you're, you know, have you taken your medication this week? That wasn't me. I wasn't here. Oh, no, Brother Don, I wanted to tell you what a great job. But this thing is so warped. He will accept worship aimed toward God. And God won't refuse this. So he'll say, I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take it. But it's in the name of Jesus. I don't care. I'll take it. I ain't giving him my love. I ain't giving him my spirit. I ain't giving him my worship. Look what a principle that the prophet of God breaks into. And I grant you, most of us have never even been able to understood this or break into its realm to bring it down, that, that a being like this would actually be able to be exalted by his servants and those that are recipients of his nature, by them being able to exalt him. And when they raise him above the value of the word, that actually makes him God. Now, it does not make him creator because our English word is God, object of worship. So whenever they raise him up and say, well, the preacher said we don't have to do this and do that and the other. And really the word don't matter anyway. It doesn't really matter. What they are doing, Brother Charlie, is raising him above the value of the promised word. And they have now exalted him to the position of God in their home, in their life, in their church. Oh, my. Maybe this will be the rough one out, and the other two will be a little smoother. Y'all didn't say nothing, so I don't know. Watch this. He says, I am not. Come out of her. The Bible said, don't be partakers of her sins and don't receive her plagues. God will rain hail out of the skies one day and weigh a hundred pounds apiece and destroy her by stone. You will agree with me that the Spirit is out here in the world? Let's bring it on closer, shall we? 
Paragraph 165, God of this evil age. You see those two opposing spirits at work in this age? Can you see it? Very religious, Cain and Abel come into their heads, same as it started out. One worshiping by beauty, by education, by science, by ethics. The other one by faith, a revelation in the Word of God. Listen to this statement. Jeffersonville, 1965, both of them are standing in this building this morning. Every time God moved his headquarters on earth, Satan moved his. Praise the Lord. At one time it was in Germany by which God moved. Right? Another time it was in England, in Palestine. Then God moved to the United States with a revival. What did Satan do? Moved to America too, set up his headquarters in Hollywood. Praise the Lord. Why? Through this means of television. Isn't it amazing, friend? The very age that God sends a prophet and he tells us visions that Satan begins to anoint people and they come up with an invention called television. You know what? That realm of the supernatural was here when Adam was here. But God let us break into that realm to see things that we never even knew was there. Demons are coming right through this place tonight. The angels of God are right here if we have the eye to see it. Streams of darkness and streams of light are pouring through this building. Don't tell me. I feel them all around us everywhere right now. They're pressing against us. But God gave us a window into the supernatural to declare what was already there. And he would say, I see a streak going to this person. I see this and I see that. You imagine how the devil hated that television. So Satan said, my, that's a great idea. That's a great idea. I'll funnel through a television too. Oh, my. Why is it that music can be so destructive? Because Satan was in charge of the music department in heaven. God said, Thou was perfect in the day that thy hearts and thy pipes were created in thee. And you look at those words and you realize he was in charge of making music in heaven. Well, my, the longer I go, quieter y'all get. But now let's not stop it there. Let's bring it right on down. So those two opposing spirits. We're standing right there in Branham Tabernacle in Jeffersonville in 1965. So Satan had already started moving in this new world. Why? God had moved his headquarters. Where's come some of our greatest battles and destruction from within? My, y'all was amen and man when I was preaching against them old Buddhists. Boy, you was a holler when I was preaching against them Muslims. Come on now, don't get quiet on me. They're not going to be the ones that's going to defy you. Have any of you ever been out to snow under? Any Muslim ever caused you a great battle? Anybody ever out there like a Shinto or something like that ever caused you a problem? No. Who is it? It's folks that's been around the message or those who say they believed it and they left it and they now know what we believe so they want to go away and try to find every fault that they can. Well, if you're looking fault in human mistakes, you're going to find it. Oh, yeah, because this message was brought to us by a man, not by a God. William Branham was not a God. He was a man filled with God. 
Oh, yes, come on now. Oh, you say, oh, brother, I'll tell you one thing. I need to follow a perfect man. Why would you want to do such a thing? You're not perfect yourself. So God gave us a prophet with flaws, and he gave us pastors with flaws, and evangelists with flaws, and singers with flaws, and musicians with flaws, so they could relate to flawed people. Well, praise the Lord. Let me ask you something. When Jonah went down there to preach to the Ninevites, and he began to preach against rebellion and sin, don't you imagine he really had a feeling in his heart for him? Actually, he just rebelled himself. The righteous indignation of man wants to look down on people. I'll tell you one thing. You know, do this and that and the other. But when that man needs help himself, he always remembers these fingers right here are sticking right back when he's shooting at you. Because he's immortal. He has his own problems and weaknesses and things. Well, come on now, son. Notice this, the God of this world today, the worshipers of this world today is Satan. And the people of this world are ignorant of worshiping Satan, but it's Satan impersonating himself as the church. Now, if every church around this United States and the world They'd all gather on Sunday morning or Sunday night, whenever it is they have church. All of a sudden, the devil come at him. Fire is coming out of his eyes. And he had a fork of tails. A lot of them believe that he has. And he had a pitchfork. And he stood up behind the pulpit and said, Ever sleepy Methodist would be gone. Ever sleeping Baptist, ever sleeping message person. What do you say? You talking about cleaning out the church? But he don't show himself, poor oh, children. He don't show himself as he is. He shows himself as he knows you need to see him. So he puts on this cloak of the church. Well, Jesus warned us about it in the book of Matthew. He said, there'll be wolves that'll come in sheep's clothing. But if you got a spiritual metal detector and you look very close, you'll find they've always got a zipper somewhere. Now, you see that old wolf comes down and he says, oh! Concerned about some of the stuff that's going on in the church, haven't you? Oh, I have, brother. I know God. Let us come together. Which God are you talking about? It's 
so he goes to working on his bat. How's that sound, Susie? Do it again. Man, you almost convinced me. Wow, that sounds really good. But you still don't look right. I mean, look at look at your physiology. The way you move, you got that big long tail, that big snout. You gotta change the way you clothes. So Satan says, make up a bunch of sheep garments. I don't want to wear those. You've got to. you got to put them on. So this old wolf, yeah, I feel so awkward in this thing. This running hurts my nose. This smells very uncomfortable. And he reaches down and goes, Now, I said that. <laughs> Can you smell you? I'm hungry for God. Oh, I want God so bad. But what I love about it is the Holy Ghost serving a God to get up and go to ripping and tearing and things. And he's thinking, what in the world am I doing? Ain't that right, brothers? And y'all are sitting there thinking, what in this world is he doing? He's running people off. Uh-huh. Sometimes they need to be run off. I'm talking about real sheep now. You see, it may buy like a sheep. It may smell like a sheep. It might be able to quote quotes like a sheep. But the difference is a real sheep don't have a zipper that he puts on on Sunday morning and he takes his sheep costume off. Oh, my. He is a sheep 24-7. He is a sheep 365 days a year. He is a sheep by birth, a sheep by nature, a sheep by look, a sheep by behavior, a sheep by diet, a sheep by attitude. He is a sheep. And you always were a sheep. I guarantee you one thing, every one of these pastors here tonight can take these microphones and tell you some sheep stories. Or wolf stories, whichever one you want to call. Why? Satan is the master of impersonation. So in this day of science and education and civilization, he's raised to the it won't mature any more settings of the sun until the chief demon will step into the proper program. And there he will abide temporarily and wait on what? You. You to get out of his way. Is there any reason he hates you? Think of it. He's waited for thousands of years for this hour. And you 
take a lot to are the only reason they think things are okay. <laughs> I don't know about you, I was born to torment hell. <laughs> I am not just a survivor, I am an overcomer. When I walk before the Lord that day, Brother Ron, the Lord Jesus ain't going to give me a t-shirt that says, I survived, Laodicea. Amen. I want to see Paul. I want to see Peter. I want to see them saints of God. But I believe there's going to be saints lined up to see me, too. And they're going to say, what age did you live? And you're going to say, Lord, let's see it. They say, my brother, let me shake your hand. You lived in the most wicked, dark, sinful age that ever was. How did you overcome? Because greater was he that is in me than he that is in the world. Oh, I refuse to let Satan talk me out of the promised word for the age. He said God didn't love me, but I called him a liar. He said God didn't care for me, but I called him a liar. I pressed beyond my feelings. I went to church when I didn't feel like going. I worshipped him when I didn't feel like worshipping him. So here he impersonates himself. Now, I passed a bunch of churches now coming to church here tonight. I'm not throwing any rocks at any of them. But you imagine on the weekend if every one of those churches that you passed and I passed, whichever direction you came, and if they started slaying goats and having pentagrams drawn on the floor and started calling on Lucifer's name, all oh, the members would get out and they'd run. That'd be so character test. But he impersonates himself. As the church. So what do they do then? They sit down at the piano. They sing some of the same songs you sing. Right? They quote some of the same scriptures that you quote. They read from the same version, the King James Version that you read from. And then it doesn't scare you. Why? Because he's impersonating himself. As the church always stands up and anoints him and says, Well, God understands why you can't live right. He does. He understands you need to be born again. I, can't, I just can't overcome adultery. I can't overcome pornography. I just, I, 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 yeah, I don't know. I just don't believe anybody can live right on this day. Well, I, I, I beg to differ with you. I believe Jesus can live a Christian life no matter whose body he's in. Amen. You and I cannot live this life by ourselves. Christ Jesus in his own body was an overcomer. Then Christ Jesus in your body, in your body, in my body is still an overcomer. But the impersonator in the church says, the children love human. Of course, we're going to sin a little bit every day. We can't help that. I mean, we just, we just have to sin. Well, I might have it even a little grace if there's a little bit. But for most of them, it ain't a little bit no more. Anyone here tonight is free right now to stand to your feet and quote to me the scripture or the quote that says we have to sin every day. Every day. But why do we believe such? Because we have allowed him 
him to take away the value of the promised word. Oh, I hear the prophet of God say that a man or woman can live so close to God that the devil don't know what to do with you. <laughs> can you imagine you getting up in the morning? Man, I didn't sleep good. Oh, I was awake at 2 o'clock and 3.30 and then 4.15, 5.15. That sounds like your night. Man, I didn't sleep hard none. Oh, I feel rough. But the message went down in hell. He's getting up. <laughs> He's getting up. Warn the devil. He's getting up. Oh, my. We talk about testimonies. Boy, I'm around Brother Ron. You know, his family could tell us how it is to be around him. And I'm around Brother Ron. I'd kind of like to hear some testimonies from down in hell. I like to hear, I want to have a good rapport among my brethren. I want to have a good testimony among my brethren. But I'll tell you where I want my testimony to ring. That's down in the corridors of hell. Whenever I get up of the morning, the devil says, Oh, no, here he comes again. Oh, no, here he comes. Would you hate to have the testimony down in hell? When the devil says, I need somebody to go up and get on some of the saints there at Lighthouse Tabernacle. Oh, I need them to go over and get on some of them saints over by the Cardi's church. And the devil says, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go. Time to change guard on me. The devil says, All right, I need a relief from this demon. I want somebody to go up and attack Donnie Reagan. Easy for you, devil. You don't. Friends, do you believe you can live that kind of life? You can live that kind of life that when the devil starts signing to you, they say, I don't want to be around him. I don't like being around her. When she gets down so low and so depressed, she goes into that closet. She goes to shirking and just shirking and shaking and around and goes to talking in another language. The devil just makes chills run all over me. I can't stand that stuff. So if the devil's looking for an old gossiping lying devil to get on somebody here in this church, has he got favorites? I'm just going to preach, okay? I ain't going to look at nobody. I'm not. I look at this way. I just preach. I look at this speaker here. Has them demons got favorites? Let me go, please. Let me go. I love getting on her. She has got the longest hair. She wears the most decent dresses, and her tongue is four and a half feet long. Oh, she tells everything, and the, and the older she gets, she's getting more hard of hearing, and she gets it more twisted now than she ever did before. And it causes office mess in the church. Let me go, please, devil, let me go. The devil's looking for anybody to try to anoint around this place to spread gossip. The rumors ought to be down in hell. There ain't nobody here in this church that's willing. What kind of church would have? What kind of church would they have, Brother Lord? When the demon's down in hell, say, I have a to go up and call trouble in Joe's church. And they go to look around, and they look around this church for two or three weeks, and they come back down to hell and say, Devil, 
We can't find nobody with us. And you say, what in the world is going on up there? But it ain't just what's going on, it's what's going in. They're hearing the word and they're realizing every time they do that, they're allowing the devil to explain away from them the value of the promised word for the hour. Notice this, the prophet said they worship Satan and think they're worshiping God through the church. Here's the way that Satan, oh, you say, wait a minute, we preach the word. Look back here in my text tonight, Satan was the first one that preached the word to Eve. What did he say to Eve? Yay, has God said? What did he preach? The message of the hour. You've read your Bible there in Genesis. You know how it represented the personality of God. Moses says in Genesis 1, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was thou form and void, and darkness covered the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the deep, and God said, Let there be light, and there was light. So he uses the term God all through chapter 1, but when he comes over to chapter 2, he uses the compound name of God, which is Lord God, Adonai, Jehovah Adonai. But when he comes to Eve, what does Satan do? He uses the term God. Yeah, he has God. See? Impersonal, uncaring, doesn't feel for you and what you're going through. And what did she do? She picked right up on the same term and said, Yay, God hath said. But the scripture says, The Lord God made man. This is his affinity under the name of Jehovah Adonai. This is what you should have responded. The Lord God gave us what we needed. Get back to hell. But what did he do? He convinced her of a personality change in Adonai. He don't care about you. How could he love you and let you go through what you go through? He's uncaring. He's unfeeling. Has God said, well, God has said, we shall not eat of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden. God said, we'll not even touch it. If you touch it, we, we will die. And he said, oh, you will not surely die. I watch him working on God's character again. God don't know. In the day you eat thereof, you shall be as God's. Don't you see what he's trying to do? God's trying to keep something from you. Lord, children, I want you to look at what he did. He presented God as if God was jealous and God was envious of them. When the truth of it is, the devil in this serpent was the one with envy. So he's trying to present God like himself and present himself like God. Don't you see, I'm the one who loves you. I'm the one who's concerned for you who's trying to convince me. God don't love you. God don't even care. I'm the one that's trying to help you see this. And God's jealous and God's envious of you. And she stole my, she allowed the devil to explain away the value of the promised word. And right there in her mind, she changed her attitude, her view, her opinion of a loving, wonderful God. And in her mind, she was already conquered before she has ever conquered in her life. Why? He explained away the value. What are you doing in the days of Luther? Same thing. 
What are you doing the days of Wesley? Same thing. What are you going to do the days of the message of the Pentecost? Same thing. What's he going to try to do to us? Same thing. Oh, y'all talk a lot. Prophet said this. Prophet said that. Prophet said that. Y'all act like you're the only ones. Y'all think you're the only ones right? Well, let me just ask you something. If you've been living the days of Noah, you skipped church for, say, oh, you started going when Noah first started preaching, and you got tired of hearing the same thing over and over and over again. So you laid out of church for 87 years, 90, 95. You decide one day you're going to go back and just see what Noah's got to say. So Noah gets up and he says, Glory to God. I was out this morning praying. You punch your wife and say, Wow, maybe he's got a new message. I was out this morning praying. You're the birds singing, the animals. And I got to thinking, it's going wrong. Here we go again. He's got rain on the brain. been to church in 85 years and he was still preaching rain. And he was preaching he was the only one right. Could you believe a man so narrow-minded that he thinks he's the only one that's got the truth? I'll pass by I don't know how many boats on the way to his boat this morning. He was the only one that had the message. Now, he wasn't the only one that had a boat. Oh, no, the prophet says there's all kinds of boats. So you imagine there's yachts, there's Disney cruises, there was all types. No doubt they was much more nice than Noah's was. I mean, you didn't have to dress a certain way. You could get on their boat and live any way and do anything in the world you wanted to do. Oh, Noah would skin you down like a wiener, boy, if you get on there looking like a Jezebel. Noah would trim you down. He said, I'll tell you one thing, you can't live like that and walk on this boat. You can't dress that way and get on this boat. So what the devil does, the devil said, fine. I will impersonate Noah's message with another thought. So people will go down and sit in them boats and say, Greetings this morning, friends. You're so welcome. We're so nice to have you. It's just so nice. Today I'd like to preach about how wonderful you are how much God wants to bless you and help you and God wants to prosper you. And and Noah was just up the road saying, they're all going to be lost. Every one of them boats down the road, they ain't one of them ordained of God. They ain't one of them built by the Word. They ain't one of them, Lord have mercy, they ain't one of them in line. Can you imagine his daughters, his, his daughter-in-laws and his sons and wives saying, Daddy, don't you think you're good enough? All I know is God told me how many bedrooms to build. And God told me before I started preaching this, how many is going to be saved? 
We ain't getting any no update or no improvement in the plans. We still got the same amount of bedrooms. Let me tell you one thing, my brother and sister. God ain't going to be surprised how many makes it in the bride, how many makes it in the rapture. You know what? When we get there, we ain't going to wind up and say, oh, my goodness, we're five feet off and he's short. Oh, oh my, how did that happen? I miscalculated that. Oh, there's five people outside and we're five feet off and he's short. There are no short theophanies. <laughs> There will be not one short the other. There will not be one short glorified body. He knows how many is going to be there. Why? Because God is life giver, not impersonator. So let me crown him with what? He's the God of this evil age. He will be held accountable in his deeds for every lie that comes against you. God said in the book of the Old Testament, he said, I will lay you before kings and they will judge you. Who do you reckon them kings is going to be? It ain't going to be Pharaoh. It ain't going to be Caesar. It's going to be you. You imagine, Mother Lord, every one of them demons when they stand before God shaking and trembling and they're going to stand there and they're going to give an answer. You think it goes unnoticed, my friend? Every time these demons torment you with sickness and oppression and lies and it comes from the kingdom of hell, there's a record being kept. Not only is God keeping a record of what you do, He's keeping a record of this demonic oppression that comes against you as the children of God. And when they stand before God, they will stand there and shake and tremble. And they will give an account for every day they brought you torment. Every day they place sickness on you, and now it is their time to pay. Then the great accuser himself will walk before the throne of God. Oh, my God. God told him. You want the sides of the north. You look in Psalms, you look in different places in the Old Testament, the sides of the north was the spiritual side. You look at the Hebrew part, it's actually the part of the female's legs. Back part that was wrapped around the tent. That's what he wanted, the church. Habitation of God. But God said, I'll tell you what you're going to get. You're going to get the sides of the pit. You ain't getting a bride. You ain't getting the bride. So what does he do? He can't get the bride. So what's the next thing sent? He makes himself the bride. Now, but notice though, but he don't call her the bride of the devil. He calls her and convinces her she's the bride of Christ. Wow. This is his success. Lies, deceit, destruction. Oh, children of God. Let us think as we close. What about in our lives? Oh, most of you would never join a denomination. You'd never go and sit under some of that stuff. Let us bring it down to every day to where we live. Do we allow Satan to explain away in our own walk with God the value of the promised one? Do you believe a person can live above sin in this day? Do you believe it's still possible for a Christian to have joy unspeakable and full of glory? Amen? Do you believe the words of Jesus in St. John 15, 7? If you abide me and my words abide in you, then ask what you will. Do you believe that? 
If any two on earth agree is touching anything, it shall be done. What about Psalms 37 and 4? Delight thyself also on the Lord, and he will give thee the desires of thine heart. What about a Matthew? Hitherto you have asked nothing in my name, but ask that you may receive. What? That your joy may be full. The prophet of God said after he got the Holy Ghost, he'd been drunk every day of his life since. You're going to be drunk on Laodicea wine or Holy Ghost wine. It's your choice. Do we believe that God is still a God that's mighty among his people? Or how we have allowed Satan to explain away the value of the promised word. Oh, you're under such strain. You're under such sickness. You're under such this and that. Brother. God understands why you've lost your joy. God understands why when you go to church. Man, I feel sorry for our song ladies writing the message. They come in and y'all sit there. All right, buddy. Lay it on me. I'm lowering a snake's belly. I don't, I don't know. I even come to church anyhow. Sing me happy. Boy, have they got their hands full. And then if he didn't successfully do it, then the preacher's got to come out and you're setting our snarl up. Preach me happy, Brother Ron. And you don't know it, but he's had one of the office days he's ever had in himself. He needs to be in the altar himself, actually, you know, praying. God, give me strength. Give me grace. And you don't pull. You look at your baby, you check your email, you check your text, you check everything in the world on social media. Our message folks have got really good. They can glance down with one eye and catch 57 emails, you know, just before the preacher ever looks back. And then we wonder why God ain't among us. Come on, children, you know it's the truth. Why? Because we've allowed him to explain away the value. The value of you coming to the house of God, you praying, you clapping your hands, you doing something, not just the preacher. Let me close. God sent Ezra, followed up with Nehemiah, into the land of Jerusalem to rebuild the walls. You're familiar with the story, you remember it well. Much of the city had been destroyed. Many of the walls laid waste. As soon as they started working on it, Tobiah, Sanballat, the different ones, started sending messages back to the king. You better watch them, boy, and they're going to build on them walls now. They're going to be rebellious. They're going to do this and that and the other. You better watch them. As preachers to the church here a week or so ago, and I found it so amazing there from the Scripture that whenever they started finishing up the walls and closing up the breaches in the walls, that's when Sanballat, Tobiah, the Amorites, it was, it, was, it was just absolutely amazing how many of them, almost like in a council, started coming together against them. And the pressure was building so tremendous when they was closing up the breaches. Said so like this, there was a gigantic wall here. It was 10 foot long and 8 or feet, you know, 8 feet tall or whatever more. But right there in that door, there was a breach. So it was down like this. Where do you figure the enemy is going to attack? Let's look at our lives tonight, shall we, before we close. If you've got any breaches in your life, of the wall in your life, maybe it's your prayer life. My mom is saying you, you're sinning and you're going around hiding sin. Just maybe you don't pray like you used to. You come to the house of God, you just sit down, you just hard to get a press through anymore. That's when the enemy will fight you, and that's when we need to close up these breaches.
It makes no difference how beautiful the city is. Oh, we're the bride, we're the bride, we're the bride. You're the city. It's wonderful. But we've got to have walls around our experience. Walls around to protect us. What's the walls for? Oh, my, I don't like walls. I don't like walls. I do. When the children of Israel come through the Red Sea, the Bible says the water walled up. The same walls that protected them drowned the Egyptians. A lot of folks that's left this message don't like this. All these folks is in prison. They're in prison walls. These ain't prison walls. They're castle walls. Prison wall? I don't. You see a prison wall? I don't see a prison wall. This is a castle wall. Oh, I don't like restrictions. I don't like do's and don'ts. Really? Well, some of your big nice subdivisions around this area here. They go in and build a $750,000 house, a million-dollar house, whatever more. They've got restrictions in that. Right? If they didn't, then here's Dr. Jones with his $1.5 million mansion, and over here's a lawyer, so-and-so with his, and so-and-so. So they have no codes, no restrictions. So here comes this redneck out of the hills over here, the Blue Ridge. He totes in a 1962 Airstream. Right between the lawyer and the doctor. Why? There's no codes. There's no restrictions. All you got to do is buy the lot. So he pulls in that 1962 Airstream, and you know, he went through different cycles in his life. He was a hippie at one time, so it's psychedelic colors. Now, now he's turned on natural tree huggers, so he's got his own goats, which he milks. He's got his coon hounds and his, you know, his dogs and, and all that sort of thing. Got a cow or two and a, you know, and a horse. And he brings all that in and plants it right there between Dr. So-and-so and lawyer so-and-so. And there ain't one thing they can do because there ain't no codes and no restrictions. Well, glory. What people look at is us and codes and restrictions. We look at it as means to keep us clean. Amen. To keep some of the trash out of our neighborhood. Well, glory to God. Amen. It is restrictions, but it is a city that the bride loves. It is her protection. We refuse to have it explained away from us. Hallelujah. May I say to our young people tonight and everybody as far as that goes, we refuse to have it explained away from us that you still don't need an experience with God. Every one of us need an experience with God. Oh, my daddy and my mama, that's good, but that ain't your experience. My daughters have got to have it. Let the Lord tarries and my granddaughters get old enough. They've got to have it. Every one of us have got to have our own experience. And it ain't a handshaking experience either. It's a new birth. Praise the Lord, saints. Oh, I know there's those among us in our ranks for the message. Someone told one of the ministers of our church not long ago that when they stand in his church and worship Jesus, he refuses to worship him. Isn't it amazing what Satan has done in our day? The prophet of God brought the truth, the restoration back to the truth of the Godhead. And Satan sent theologians among us. Theologians. To try to explain away the deity of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
And some of the preachers around this message preaching that Jesus don't even have no angels. Jesus in the millennium is basically going to be just a little bit higher than you are. What is it? Satan trying to explain away the value of the promised word. Our Lord Jesus Christ is Almighty God. He ain't second in command. He is in command. Praise the Lord. I don't know about you, I still love Him. I still worship His name. I still baptize in His name. I still cast out devils in His name. He ain't explaining the way the value of my Lord's name to me. Father, I know we could place all these things back in history. We could place these things over in this move or that move. The Lord would like to bring them closer to home tonight. Lord, I don't want to put this over on just the people and walk away, but I want to put it on me. Help me, Lord Jesus. If there's any breaches in my wall, show me, Lord. Father, if I have let him explain away the value of any of the promised word to this house, help me to see it. Years ago, our people were so consecrated to you, Lord. They loved going to church. They loved praying. They loved listening to tapes. Being more, we have to just encourage and encourage people to even come to church. And this little thing, they stay home. They miss. They go here. They go there. If it do come, many of them come with an attitude that's so wrong. Lord Jesus, help us. Oh, Lord, we don't know what it's going to be before we leave this world. Our doors will be shut. We'll be not allowed to preach. We don't know exactly. But we want to take every opportunity we can to come together with the saints of God. And, Lord, not just be there, but do everything we can. Put forth our little flag, Lord Jesus. We never want to crown Him in our lives. That's the way He's gained it on down through time. Eve did not hand Him the crown of the earth. She did not hand Him Adam's crown. She handed Him hers. By doing that, then Adam must step in to save his wife. He handed Satan his. Little by little, he gained the momentum that he had. And now, Lord, he's fixing to step upon this earth as the incarnate devil. And in the tribulation period, he will have finally achieved his ultimate goal. And yet all hell will break loose while he's here. You will send plagues, storms, such things that's never happened on the face of the earth. Yet somehow through it all, in his deluded mind, he will be feeling he is so successful. Lord Jesus, we want to thank you tonight that you have called us out of the kingdom of darkness. And you called us into the kingdom of your dear son, into the kingdom of this marvelous light. We want to say to you tonight, Lord Jesus, congratulations on your marvelous victory. Praise God.
because you come to this earth and lived as a man. Amen. You lived a perfect, sinless life. Congratulations. Amen. You gave up your life. They didn't take it. You gave up your life. And you took it up again. Congratulations. You was the first one to ever be able to do that. Hallelujah. You conquered death, hell, and the grave. Congratulations. You come back down on the day of Pentecost and fill those people with yourself. Congratulations. You started a move called the Church of the Living God. All hell has been against you for over 2,000 years. And it's never been defeated and never will. Congratulations. And you're fixing to cause a worldwide event which will happen in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. 80-year-old women, 90-year-old men, 50-year-old women, 4-year-old babies will all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye and will all turn into 18 to 20-year-old, hallelujah, in a moment of time. Glory to God, hallelujah. We would like to congratulate you on the success that we are fixing to enjoy. And we want to thank you, Lord God. You didn't just do this for yourself, but you did it for us. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. His success will be short-lived, but yours will be forever. And forever. And forever. And will never cease. Praise God. We worship you tonight, Lord God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Don't you love him tonight, friends? Would you just like God, while we're here in his presence, just to renew the value of the promised word in your heart tonight? Oh, many of you have been around for years and years, but, you know, maybe we just need a renewing of that value. You know how we are about value. We go instead of look at a restaurant and we say, well, I can get this for $9, or I could get this for 15 or I could get that for 18 and we step there and we evaluate. And we determine in our minds, really, is that worth nine more dollars to get that? And we figured in our minds, what are we doing? We're evaluating and we're, we're reassessing the value, which means the most to me. That extra nine dollars or that piece of meat, which means the most to me. Well, let's do the same thing tonight spiritually. Let's evaluate. What means the most to us? The Lord Jesus and His Word? Or what people say? What the devil says? Oh, my. Let us keep in mind. Satan will try his best to explain away the value of this promised word. But let's serve, serve notice to him tonight. We are not for sale. How many would say it? We are not for sale. My peace, my joy, my happiness, my seal with God, I am not for sale, devil. Amen. Why don't you turn around and shake hands with somebody? Say, God bless you, brother, sister. Bless you, brother, Lord. Not a God created by human hands. You are not a God dependent on any mortal man. You are not a God in need of anything we can give by your plan. That's just the way it is. 
He's not your Lord until you make Him your Lord. And I want to tell every devil in hell, Jesus Christ is the Lord of all. Soul, my Savior God, to you. Then sing my soul, my Let's sing it to Him and make it. Isn't He great?
willing to speak for dad to speak for you. It's just not the way it works. So, if it's not the way it works, we're going to give you a bag. It'll have a ham sandwich in it. You'll have to go to McDonald's or Burger King. Our people have provided those for you tonight. I know you're appreciative of all of those things. If you don't like country ham... difference between being a grown-up and a baby is you know how to behave yourself in public. Amen. We certainly love you with all of our hearts. Remember, it's a four-lane road down here. And Brother Mike, I don't know if you're staying overnight tonight. Lord, we're going to have dinner and dishes tomorrow. I'd love for you guys to set aside every
7 o'clock. Sunday morning will be at 11 o'clock, and then we'll have a we'll have a, a dinner at the fellowship hall afterwards. And uh, we will earn our reputation again, and we'll do our best to feed you. And look, Brother Donnie's going to feed you real well this week. Amen. Amen. Step out of this dimension.